Amen. I'd like to welcome you to our service. I'm glad I'm on the winning side, aren't you? And if you'd like to find your place in Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. And the title of the message is The Presence of God in 2024. And this is part of a Wednesday night series that we've been preaching here throughout the month of January. And I was away one Wednesday night and I appreciate those that filled in in my absence. But uh, we started off with having the right priority in 2024, having the right perspective, I mean. And uh, by the grace of God, we'll do having the right priorities in next Wednesday night, Lord willing. But we started off with having the right perspective and how that's so much needed in the day that we're living in, the perilous times that we're living in. We need to have the right perspective on things. Then we need to fulfill God's purpose in 2024. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And then tonight we're going to look at the presence of God. And you cannot have the right perspective. You cannot fulfill your purpose, uh, your God-given purpose. Uh, you definitely can't put have the right priorities unless everything's done in the presence of God. And we need Him. We need to be near Him. And He wants to be near us. And uh, may the Lord help us to catch a hold of this. Right here in Lamentations chapter 3, we'll also be going to Isaiah chapter 30 in just a few minutes. If you'd like to go ahead and find your place there. On uh, February the 14th, we're going to have the Doucette family is going to be here. They're going to be singing, preaching. I encourage if you're in the Myrtle Beach area, please come and be with us that Wednesday night. Maybe you're on vacation, just looking for a church to come and visit and worship with, and you, you will not be disappointed. And uh, we'll come and honor the Lord with God-honoring music and preaching from the King James Bible. Amen. And then on the uh, 24th of February, we have have our Wild Game Supper with Evangelist Tim Green, and that's on a Saturday at 5 p.m., and then uh, Evangelist Tim Green will be preaching for us uh, all day that Sunday on the 25th, and mark those dates and plan to be here. If you can't be here, tune in, listen, and uh, please pray for us. We need your prayers, and we thank God for your presence as well. And Lamentations chapter 3, we'll start reading in verse 46. All our enemies have opened their mouths against us. Fear and a snare is come upon us, desolation and destruction. Mine eye runneth down with rivers of water for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Mine eye trickleth down and ceaseth not without uh, any intermission. Till the Lord look down and behold from heaven. Mine eye affecteth mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. Mine enemies chase me sore like a bird without cause. They have cut off my life in the dungeon and cast a stone upon me. Waters flowed over mine head. Then I said, I am cut off. I called upon the name, thy name, O Lord, and out of the low dungeon. Thou hast heard my voice. Hide not thine ear at my breathing, at my cry. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou sayest, fear not. O Lord, thou hast pleaded the causes of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. O Lord, thou hast seen my wrong. Judge thou my cause. Thou hast seen all their vengeance and all their imaginations against me. 
Thou hast heard their reproach, O Lord, and all their imaginations against me. The lips of those that rose up against me and their device against me all the day. Behold, they're sitting down and they're rising up. I am their music. Render unto them a recompense, O Lord, according to the work of their hands. Give them sorrow of heart, thy curse unto them. Persecute and destroy them in anger from under the heavens of the Lord. Oh, how we need the presence of God, not only in our personal life, but also in our church. And that's every day. That's not just on Sunday morning that we need the presence of God and we need His presence and we can't do anything without Him. But that's every day, every hour, every second of the day, we need His presence. And in 2024, as God has given us a new year here, let's purpose in our hearts to draw nigh uh, to God. Uh, past few messages, I've had this verse in there. James 4, 8 says, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh unto uh, you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify ye hearts, uh, ye double-minded. Uh, th- this verse here is not just for when things are going bad. <laughs> you know, this is not just for the bad times that God says, Draw nigh to me. You know, many times we use this verse in the difficulties and in the trials and the hard times of life, but this verse is applicable to our daily walk with God. Every day, every hour, every second, we need God's presence. We need to draw nigh to Him. Why? Because Jesus is coming again. But right here's the thing. Are we looking for that blessed hope? As we see the day approaching, we need more of Jesus than ever before. We're living in perilous times and our only source of hope, our only source of joy and peace uh, can only be found in Christ Jesus. It's found in the nearness of God. I'd like to draw your attention to verse 57 here in Lamentations chapter 3. It says, Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou sayest, Fear not. Jeremiah called out to the Lord in his time of trouble, and God drew near to him. Right here is what I'd like to ask you tonight. How near is God to you right now? How near is God? I'm not talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We understand that He abides in us. But right here's the question, do you abide in Him? In John 15, 4 it says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Do you abide in Him? 
Are you daily abiding in his presence? Are you daily walking with God? God obviously desires to commune with us. Jesus wants to sup with us. He wants to draw near to us. He desires to feed us with spiritual food that is convenient for us. And he wants to be in our presence. He wants to draw near but are we living in such a way that it would welcome his presence? Do we even desire God's presence? How many times this week have we invited Jesus to draw near to us? You know, in the Bible it speaks of a wedding. And we don't know the young couple who invited Jesus to their wedding in Cana. But the fact is this. Jesus was invited. It says that Jesus and the disciples were called to the wedding. I wonder how many so-called quote-unquote Christian weddings have taken place even in a church but the couple never invited Jesus to the wedding. The music would not invite Jesus to the wedding. The words of the songs that were played or sung were not Christ-honoring. The Bible version that was used it was not Christ-honoring. Matter of fact, it was a phony, a fake. The dress attire, whether it be by the bride or the bridesmaids, or the attendees was so immodest. For some reason, people think that you go to a wedding to take your clothes off. Obviously, Jesus is not invited to that wedding. The reception, it included worldly music, dancing, drinking even, you know, social drinking. You know, a little toast here, a little toast there, and was more based on worldly standards and godly standards. Nothing Christ-honoring there. And by the way, Jesus did not turn water into alcohol at the wedding in Cana. Jesus lived a sinless life and would never contradict the Word of God because He is the Word. Do you honestly believe that Jesus would entice people to get drunk or to get even more drunk after they had already been drinking? Do you really believe Jesus would do that? Do you believe that Jesus would facilitate someone to get drunk? And if you think that, then you have a very unbiblical opinion of Jesus. Because Proverbs 20 and verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Do we really desire God's presence in our life? You know, the church of Laodicea did not desire the presence of Christ. Jesus was on the outside knocking on the door because he could not feel comfortable on the inside. 
Matter of fact, he pointed out all the things that needed to be changed in order for him to be comfortable there. Let me ask you this. Would Jesus feel comfortable at your home? Teenager, young person, young adult, would Jesus feel at home in your room? Would Jesus feel at home in your conversations, in your text, in the subjects that you speak with, with your friends and relationships? I'm talking about when mom and dad are not around and when you're away from any type of supervision and when you're just there with your friends, uh, when you're texting or whatever it is, you're on social media. Would Jesus feel as if he was the guest of honor in your home and life right now? When was the last time you desired the presence of Jesus so much that you put your plans to the side? You put your desires and your schedule and your Facebook and your Instagram and your TikTok aside and just invited Jesus to spend time with you. In the midst of these perilous times that Jeremiah was living in, he knew that God was near. In Lamentations 3 and verse 55, it says, I called upon thy name, O Lord, out of the low dungeon. Thou hast heard my voice. Hide not thine ear at my breathing, at my cry. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou sayest, fear not. The closeness and presence of God is sensed in prayer. When's the last time that you prayed and you cried out to him and you actually sensed his presence? You know for a fact that the Lord heard your cry. Oh, you may not have received an answer, but you knew that God was near you. You know, my wife has said things to me before as we're driving down the road and maybe in the car and I'm paying attention to the road and maybe some th I'm thinking about things and she's talking about different things. And because my mind was elsewhere, I missed out on picking up some key words that she was telling me. I mean, I was within arm's reach, and boy, that's a dangerous place to be, by the way, <laughs> within arm's reach. But right here's the thing, I was not near her words. You know, the Bible says confess our faults, and there's many times my wife has done the same thing to me. But how many times has God drew near to us and spoke with us through his word and because we had so much on our mind, we failed to sense his nearness and we missed what he had to say. I mean, Jesus was on the outside of the church of the Laodiceans there and knocking on the door, but they, they didn't hear a thing. So close. But yet they were so busy, they missed what was the most important. The presence of God is made up, is made real to us as we spend dedicated time with Him and we hear His words. 
And when you get something from God's word, then you know that God is near. It's not some feeling. It's not because the hair on your hair stood on your hand or arm stood up. That, that's your emotions. That's all that. That's your emotions reacting to the inside. But because you read His Word and it's ministered to your heart, and you knew that God is near. When's the last time God spoke to you during a message? During your personal meditation of the Word of God, when is the last time that you just delighted in His law so much that His presence could be sensed in His Word? Two or three Thursdays ago, after I preached one of these messages on this series, this Wednesday night series, I, I received a text from someone who was sick that week and was not able to be there. And they told me that a certain portion of that Wednesday night message spoke to them. Do you know what that was? That was the Lord drawing near to that person. They drew near to his word. They took time, uh, even though they were sick, to take, they took the time to listen to the message, to separate themselves so that the Lord could speak to them. And you know what happened? God drew near to that person. Another person who attended that same Wednesday night service texted me on that Thursday and said that there was a certain quote that I quoted that spoke to them. What was that? That was God drawing near to them. What happened? They presented themselves before the Lord to hear from Him, and when they did that, God drew near to them. But even at church, you can't have your mind on a million other things and think that God is going to speak to you because it'll be just like the church of the Laodiceans and he's knocking, the phone's ringing, but nobody's picking it up. If there's no room in the inn, Jesus will go somewhere else. Well, I think about Mary and Martha over in Luke chapter 10. Jesus was the invited guest of honor in Mary and Martha's house. Both of them were in the same house. Jesus was there and was speaking. One sat at Jesus' feet and heard the word, and the other one was cumbered about much serving. And Jesus said to Martha, he said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Martha missed it. Now Mary got it. But thank God that Martha finally drew near to Jesus, and she listened. Why does God speak to one person, and yet... In the same service or in the same auditorium when one person will draw nigh to God and God will speak to their heart and minister to their heart but the other person it seems like, well, there's nothing there. Well, it's just simple. One was sitting at the feet of Jesus with a clear mind. From anything, cleared his mind from anything 
They would hinder him from hearing the word while the other person is cumbered about much activity, careful and troubled about so many things. Well, how many times have we been in the house where Jesus is at and we're either Mary or Martha? Most of the time we're more like Martha. We're in the right place. We're with the right people, with the right person even. Our body's here, but the problem is our heart and mind is captivated by something else and will miss the nearness of God. In 2024, let's draw near to God. Why don't we yearn for His presence? Oh, may our prayers be more earnest and may our attendance to His Word be 100%. Turn to Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 18. Isaiah 30 and verse 18. It says, And therefore will the Lord wait. Underline those words. And therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you, for the Lord is a God of judgment. Now underline the rest of the verse. Blessed are all they that wait for him. You underline the first part of the verse, and therefore will the Lord wait. And then the last part of the verse says, Blessed are all they that wait for him. Did you notice what God is doing in the first part of this verse? And therefore will the Lord wait. What is he waiting on? <laughs> He's waiting on you and I to draw nigh to him. He's waiting. He's ready to draw nigh to us. <laughs> He's ready to speak to us and deal with us and He's ready to be gracious. He's ready to show us mercy. So what hinders God from doing what He wants to do? Well, you look at the last part of the verse. It says, Blessed are all they that wait for Him. God is waiting for us to wait on Him. Martha, slow down. Martha, why don't you just take a seat at my feet? Martha, why don't you just clear your schedule? Martha, why don't you just cast all those cares on me? Martha, would you just wait on what's more needful? Well, let's keep reading. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner any more. But thine eyes shall see thy teachers, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. And when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. What do you need tonight? Do you need mercy? Do you need grace? 
Do you need direction? Do you need healing? Do you need help? Do you need comfort? Well, let me ask you, are you willing to wait on the Lord and wait for His Word? God is just waiting on us to draw near to Him because He's ready. But how ready are we? We need God's presence in our prayer life. We need God's presence through His Word. And there's another way that God draws us unto Himself, and that's through our troubles. Have you ever been there? Jeremiah was. Let's go back to Lamentations chapter 3. Jeremiah was in big trouble. Lamentations 3.46 says, All our enemies have opened their mouths against us. Fear and a snare has come upon us. Desolation and destruction. Uh, Job said in Job 14.1, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of troubles. God is always ready to show us great mercy and great grace. And God is near But it seems that it's in our troubles that we seem to want to draw nigh to Him more. We should be walking so close with God that we shouldn't have to run to Him in our times of trouble. We should be already sitting on His lap and allow Him just to bring us in a little bit closer there and wrap His arms around us. Throughout the Bible... We have story after story of person who went through great trials and troubles and oh, we see how God was with them. God was with Daniel in the den of lions. Oh, God was with Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah when they were cast into the fiery furnace. And God was with Joseph when he was rejected by his brethren and when he was put in the pit and when he was sold into slavery and when he was lied about and thrown into prison and forgotten by man. God was with him. God was with David when he ran toward that giant there, Goliath, and slew him. God was with Paul in the midst of the storms of life. I like what Paul said When he went through that storm in Acts 27, he says, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whom I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. In our troubles, God is near. Oh, not just in the storms of life, but in the jails. Oh, and when he stood before his accusers, like what Paul said, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me. And strengthen me and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me into his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Oh God's grace was sufficient for Paul in sickness and in the storms of life and in the difficulties and trials. God was near. He sensed his presence through his grace. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
Pastor Clarence Sexton said this. He said, we all want the blessing, but we don't want the battle. We all want to know that God is with us, but we don't all want to get in the fight. Spiritual victory requires faith in the fight. Jeremiah went through great troubles. Jerusalem was destroyed and he wept over the condition of the people in the city and he was even thrown into the dungeon and left to die in the mire. But in his trouble, God was near. In his trouble, God was working all things out for good for Jeremiah. While Jeremiah was sinking in the mire and had the presence of God in prayer and and through his word, God was using Ebed-Melech to petition the king on Jeremiah's behalf to be able to grant him to remove him from the mire. You know, even though all we can only see at times is the walls of our dungeon, God is already working out our deliverance on the outside. Oh, God was near. Job said in Job 42, 5, he says, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. God had his eye on Job before the troubles, during the troubles, and after the troubles. But it took the troubles for Job to see God. How much trouble will God have to allow into our life to get us to the point that we only see God? That we get to that point where all we desire and yearn for is His presence. Through our prayers, through His Word, and in our troubles, God is near. And when troubles come, most of the time our first instinct is to what? (laughs) It's to run from them. It's to fly away like a dove and, and try to get somewhere away from it. But you see, that's not what God wants. God instead wants us to turn around and run to Him in our troubles. Why? Because God is our refuge and strength and a very present help. He's near in our troubles. God wants to be near to us and He will bring us to the end of ourselves so that we only see Him. One of the benefits of God drawing near is that all fear is removed. In Lamentations 3.57 it says, Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee, thou sayest, uh, Fear not. In the mire, in the dungeon, gasping for breath, he called to the Lord. And when God drew near, what did he do? He said, fear not. When Jesus came to the disciples on the sea, what did he say? Fear not. We cannot live the victorious life and accomplish what God has for us to do in our own strength. It's impossible. We need God's presence. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? 
Why will we not fear any evil? For thou art with me. We're talking about the presence of God, the nearness of God. And what does that do? It removes fear. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Fear is removed by the presence of God. Look in verse 58. O Lord, thou hast pleaded the causes of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. Our lives have purpose because of the presence of God. When a Christian lives a separated and a holy life unto the Lord and fulfills God's purpose for his life, then the presence of God is revealed. But here's the problem that we have in these last days, this Laodicean mentality that's prevailing in our homes and churches, there's no evidence of the presence of God. Our walk is hid to those who are without. Christians dress like the world. They talk like the world. They act like the world. They worship like the world, they listen to the world's music. There's no difference between the holy and the profane. There's no stand on the word of God. Denominations in the news you read about are splitting over sodomy. Well, how do you ever get to that point? Well, the answer's simple. They had to start somewhere. Most of the time it starts with the way you dress. You start dressing like the world and trying to look like the world and act like the world, it won't be long till you're going to have the same problems as some of these denominations are having right now. It all starts somewhere when there's no separation between what's holy and unholy. They, they started using the world's music next because with that dress style comes the music style. They adopt then all their fake versions of the Bible and they turn their ears from the truth and they started calling evil good and good evil and now the enemy is no longer the world and the flesh and the devil. No, they see the enemy as the one that's holding fast to the word of God. The one that's trying to live right, that's the one that's become the enemy. Their leaders get so desperate for money that they compromise on God's standards of holiness. They, 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 they get desperate for attendance to have numbers. So what do they do? They compromise. They've left off pleasing God and started pleasing man. They've left off the fear of God and snared themselves with the fear of man. They've looked for acceptance and surrendered to the enemy instead of putting on the whole armor of God and having done all, just keep standing. They look for man's approval and recognition instead of God's approval. Well, the presence of God will remove all fear. The presence of God will give you a renewed purpose. Satan's made a mess of this world. He's made a mess of religion. Apostates have walked away from the truth. And, but thank God, that in the perilous times that we're living in, that church at Philadelphia is alive and well and is still holding fast. Jesus is still the answer. 
The presence of God is still the answer to living that victorious Christian life. But here's the question. How near is God to you? Is He near in your prayer time? Is He near in your meditation of God's Word? Do you delight in His Word as much as you delight in your hobbies? Do you delight obeying the Word of God as much as you delight in going out to eat? Is He near in your trouble? You see, God's presence drives away fear. His presence gives us a renewed purpose and gives us hope and grace and peace and protections and assurance and boldness to do much for Him. We need more of God's presence in our lives. James 4.8, draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you. Is there anything hindering God from drawing near to you? Because the Lord's ready, but He's waiting. He's waiting on us to draw nigh to Him. God is merciful and God is gracious. But right here's the thing. Are we waiting on Him? He's ready, but are we ready? Is there anything hindering God's presence in your life?